right now, right now. Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye Jr. We have quite a few things that will be happening today. Uh, we have a lineup uh, of the folks to talk about uh, the C.L. King County Martin Luther King Jr. Commemoration Committee's event that will be held on February 25th at uh, 3.30 p.m. Uh, it be at Holgate Street Church of Christ. It is uh, uh, the MLKCC's uh, awards, and celebra- awards celebration and reception. And we have a number of people that will be participating in that event, such as uh, April Sims. Uh, she made history. She's the first woman in African-American to be the president of the Washington State Labor Council, AFL-CIO. And she will be presenting to a very worthy individual. Uh, we'll also be joined by uh, Pastor Carrie Anderson. And I do see uh, Hayward Evans has joined us. And right now, well, this is Black History Month. So we want to go, first of all, introduce... Uh, the president of the Washington State uh, Labor Council, uh, uh, AFL-CIO, uh, President April Sims. And how are you doing? It's good to see you, Eddie. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, I see you got that Angela Davis behind you. And uh, that's who I named my daughter Angela Rye for, is Angela Davis. You know, um yeah, I love this. This, uh, this painting was done by um, an artist from Tacoma, which, you know, is my city where I come from. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this is how I make sure I always got another Black woman in the room with me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying you have one on your staff. Uh, your uh, next who is Secretary Treasurer? Yeah, that's right. Sharika Carter. Yeah, Sharika Carter. Yeah, so I, congratulations to both of you. And like Thank I said, you, so uh, you are the only uh, African-American President or African American female president of a state labor council? Um, well, I'm the I'm the first elected, uh, okay. the first woman elected uh, president of a state fed. But uh, Yvonne Brooks in Georgia was appointed president of the Georgia state fed, and she and I were sworn in in the same week. So um, you know, I'm in really good company with Yvonne. She's right. down there doing the thing. Well, that's great, and uh, you're up here doing doing the thing. So. Uh, why don't you just share a little bit about, you know, how long you've been uh, uh, within the labor movement? I read, you know, some of the bio about uh, about your folks uh, uh, coming up here and getting a union job for the first time because yeah. I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana. And I know that uh, <laughs> when I was down there, see, I, my family moved here in 1952 okay. because of the union, the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters, which at that time was the only union that a black man could belong to because no women were being... Uh, allowed to be in unions, but yeah. he was appointed to be uh, the Northwest organizer for the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters, and uh, they had offered the job to his two older brothers who are also Pullman porters, but he said, hey, our kids are in Southern University, and Eddie's kids are in grade school. Something happened to him, we can take care of his kids. So he started coming up here in 1949. Wow. I actually got a chance to meet A. Philip Randolph in 1952 or 53. Uh, when he came through Seattle to have a meeting with the Pullman porters. And they were real low-key. You know, they met at the houses, and uh, they also transported all the Black newspapers around, too. Oh, really? That's how, that's how we got those, yeah, because the Pullman porters would say, hey, you have something. I, I really think half of them were selling the papers. That's what I think. But anyway, they were definitely <laughs> getting the word around. And the other thing they had to do was rent rooms. And I know even uh, when the Rye family lived on 30th Avenue between Union and Spring, there's a uh, gentleman who was a pool reporter by the name of Roosevelt Howard, and he had a room 
And, you know, if he's gone for four days, it was my room. If he got back, it was his room. <laughs> you know how that works. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, my dad so had the same situation with the, the Martin family. They owned the Madison Street Cafe in the 50s. And uh, he had a situation there with a guy that ended up being a pastor, Reverend uh, A.J. Bowles. So, uh, and then when my mother, when she was, she was at Boeing, she became a shop steward uh, in quality control. So, you know, we have that. But I also was with Tyree Scott now, trying to knock things down, trying to get us in the union. So yeah, yeah, I've been yeah. on both sides of it. And, you know, I know that uh, uh, the, the, the Pullman Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters treated my family real well. Because in the days, the Pullman Porters made more than a high school principal. And, uh, you know... And they didn't have to report all their tips to the IRS. But anyway, that's another yeah. story. So I just wanted to hear this a little bit more about uh, about your background. I, like I said, yeah. I read some of it, but we like to listeners would like to hear it from you. Yeah, I I feel like you might know some of my family. You know, my family migrated up here from Louisiana in the early '40s. My uh, grandparents were sharecroppers, and um, the way my aunt tells the story that my my grandfather was originally from Texas and he had you know probably you know maybe a seventh or eighth grade education so more most edu more education than most um of the folks in his community and um he realized that the landowner was shorting some of the families on the crop payout so he got the other farmers all riled up you know started started speaking out about it I like to think of him as a union organizer um, but uh as you can imagine you know, um, that created some problems for the family. So the landowner had some men come to the house and they drug my grandfather out to the whipping post. You know, they were intent on making an example out of him. But my grandfather was a strong, proud man and he fought back. Uh, he escaped, but only because he had what my aunt always referred to as his Texas Jack, which was the knife he would keep tucked inside his right boot. Um, and he ended up stabbing one of the men, um, you know, in his struggle to, to escape. So they knew that if they found him, you know, they'd lynch him for sure. So the family went into hiding and they made their way to northern Louisiana, where my grandmother's family is from. And uh, they told him that he could stay, but only if he could learn to keep his head down and his mouth shut. You know, they didn't want that kind of trouble around there. And, you know, my grandfather dreamt of a better life, not just for him, but, you know, for his children and his children's children. So he heard that there was work in Washington. Um, you know, and he made his way to Tri-Cities. He started working at the Hanford plant, which was the entry point for a lot of Black families that migrated from the South at that time. And uh, everybody told my grandmother, do not let that man leave you down here with these five kids. He ain't never coming back. But my grandfather was a good man. So he saved up enough money to send for the family. Um, you know, they eventually settled in Seattle. My grandfather continued to work at the Hanford plant for years. And my grandmother never liked him working there. Uh, my grandfather died of lung cancer in the 60s, so I didn't get a chance to meet him um, before he passed. But um, all the all the family stories about my grandfather and the work that he did in the community are, are pretty legendary. So, um, you know, I, you might know my aunt Eunice, Eunice Dixon. Ooh, that name sure is Turner, Turner is the family name. Um, right. But uh, or my my father, he passed away in the 80s. Uh, back in 86, but Buddy Turner, he was a, a DJ. Yeah, I know Buddy Turner. Folks. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah I know Buddy Turner. Knew, lots of folks knew Buddy Turner. In that's, the that's right. Yeah, oh, that's that great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, indeed. In 86, but wow. yeah. 
um, you know, my grandfather eventually got a job working at Lipman's uh, department store, which is the men's department store in downtown Seattle. It's long since closed um, and was a janitor there and a member of Teamsters 174. Well, you know, back in those days, uh, we, uh, blacks couldn't try on clothes in department stores downtown Seattle. So, so I just also want to uh, welcome uh, Hayward Evans, the co-convener of the Seattle Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee. And also, I see we've been joined by the Reverend Dr. Kerry Anderson, who will be giving uh, a, a few remarks at uh, the event on uh, Saturday, the 25th, Holgate Street Church of Christ. And uh, April, uh, uh, you're going to be presenting an award to an individual that's w worthy and deserving. You want the hardest work. He works hard on James Brown. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> yeah. So Kevin I, Allen I is everywhere. Okay. I, I just want to make some comments about about uh, the person you'll be presenting the award to. Yeah. Oh, you want me to make some yeah, comments? Yeah, yeah. I can wax poetically about Kevin Allen. What I would say about Kevin Allen is you're right. He is one of the hardest working, um, one of the hardest working activists out there. What I admire the most about Kevin is he's a man of his word. So if Kevin says he's going to do something, he does it. If he says he's going to be there, he will show up often with, you know, people in tow. He is also, you know, probably one of the key folks documenting the work of the labor movement um, over the last several years on his social media page. I met Kevin back in 2006 when I first joined the staff of the Washington Federation of State Employees. And uh, Kevin was busy then. I don't know how he does it. But um, he really is a treasure, and we're really lucky and fortunate to have him um, as one of the vice presidents of the Washington State Labor Council. Yeah, that's great. He's very deserving. I see that we've also been joined by Reverend Dr. Kerry Anderson, pastor of Seattle's First AME Church. So uh, uh, thank you very much for accepting the invite, uh, Dr. Kerry Anderson, to, to be, uh, make some remarks at uh, the event on uh, uh, Saturday, February 25th. And <clears throat> I'd just like to have you make a few remarks about what uh, uh, Dr. King is meant for you. I mean, we, you know, we do, we have events, uh, the Black History Month celebration is important. We also uh, acknowledge uh, the anniversary of Dr. King's assassination. And we also uh, uh, commemorate and celebrate uh, August 28th, uh, which is, uh, this year will be the 60th anniversary of the 1963 March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom which led to us getting the Civil Rights Act in 64 and the Voting Rights Act in 65, which are all under attack right now. So, uh, Dr. Anderson, uh, the microphone is yours. Why don't you just share some thoughts with us? Well, first of all, good afternoon, everybody, and to uh, my dear sister, Sister April Sims, and the work that you do uh, in the labor movement, and to, of course, my dear friends, Brother Eddie Rye and Hayward Evans. Whenever uh, I get a call from either one of these brothers, I stop what I'm doing and turn my attention and my ear to whatever it is that's on their heart. So I'm indeed uh, grateful to be with you this afternoon on the Urban Forum Northwest and just want to commend you in the work that you do in the streets as well as on the radio and community and uh, statewide and really nationally. So uh, I'm excited to be invited to uh, this wonderful event at Holgate Church on Saturday at 3.30. And uh, there are so many people that are going to be offering awards to some deserving individuals. But let me just say this, it's not just giving flowers, but it's also the planting of seeds mm 
because as these awards are given to these individuals, it's also planting seeds to those who will be in attendance. And hopefully this will be a hybrid experience where young people and others will be seeing what they can become, what they can do, what they can accomplish, and what they can excel in. So it's uh, giving flowers, but it's also planting seeds for some future uh, trailblazers on their uh, pathway to success. And so I'm just excited, you know, as a preacher, you know, I'm I'm a Methodist preacher, so I'm not long-winded, but I got something to say. <laughs> and so uh, uh, I don't know how long my time will be at Holgate, but I'm prepared to at least share five to seven minutes of words of, of encouragement and words of challenge to those of us that will be in the uh, room, in that space, to commemorate uh, these uh, dignitaries and these awardees. And let me say to the uh, committee, thank you for bestowing upon me a Community Leadership Award back in 2019. It's one of the uh, plaques that I have in my office. And I, I have several, but yours is one of the most cherished. And I want to thank you uh, for your recognition of the service that I give. Well, we want to thank you for what you do every day. And uh, uh, April and Hayward, I want to let you know when when Dr. Kerry Anderson first got here, one of the first things that happened was a huge press conference at First AME. <laughs> you might remember that, Dr. Anderson. You just got here. <laughs> and that we was had, 19 years ago. Yes, indeed. And we got to <laughs> talk to Bishop about having you give me your 19 more. Yes, thank you. Now, Hayward, why don't you call, chime in and tell us uh, what, we, what we're in store for. I don't know how much time April Sims have or Pastor, but why don't you go ahead and just out, out lay out the program, what it's going to look like. First, let me just say this is absolutely a great event. Thank you again for having uh, everyone here, Eddie. And Pastor Kerry, you know I love coming to hear you preach. So to the listenership, if you haven't heard Reverend Kerry Anderson, you are missing one of the greatest orators in this nation. I'm not even going to put it down to Seattle now. You know, you, you turned me out every time I've been there. I'm in about the guy in the back standing up shouting. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, and then April. I must know. pay him to say those things. Let me just put it out there. <laughs> I love it. What's the April. going rate? I'm happy. I'm happy to, I'm, I'll throw five. Yeah, April, look, yeah. We love Buddy, but I'm, I'm, you know, going back to your story. Truly, that needs to be documented. That needs to be shared with the children. Children's book, I'm looking third or fourth grade. Absolutely beautiful. Great story. And success story. Because who do we have at the end? Who do we have at the end? You. For sure. You. And you make us so, so, so proud. But I just want to say to the listenership, you know, it starts up this Saturday at 3.30. It's going to be an absolutely fantastic program. And uh, and we're so just proud of the recipients of the awards. Truly, they earn the awards like, like Kevin. Come on, Kevin has been there day in and day out. Anybody in the listenership that knows Kevin, worst case scenario, you should come down and just pat him on the back and salute him when you see him on the road. He's the kind of brother that keeps the struggle or keeps us moving in the forefront of the struggle. So but, but thank you, thank you for him. And then, uh, uh, but the program, and then we have a variety of ethnic dishes. This is all free too, no money out of pocket. We have a variety of ethnic dishes. The food's gonna be great. And, uh, and I'm just saying, come out. I thank you truly, truly to the listening audience. You're truly going to enjoy the show. April, I'm going to digress. Now, have you thought about putting this in a book? 
your, your story. Well, I haven't, but first let me say, you know, I, I appreciate the um, the encouragement and I appreciate all the support, but, you know, I'm standing on the shoulders of the folks who came before me. Um, and so it's a privilege to be elected president of the Washington State Labor Council, but I didn't get here alone. You know, I got here because there were folks that came before me that were pushing doors open and holding doors open for for me to follow through. And, you know, it's my responsibility as a leader now to make sure that I am widening the path for the folks who will come behind me. And I am doing that, you know, because of the legacy that you all have set forward. So I appreciate your support, but I also appreciate your leadership and all that you've done for our community over the years. So, um, you know, thank you for inviting me to this space. I appreciate your grandfather. <laughs> I do. Hey, will you take a couple of minutes and go over the program right quick? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, the, okay, thank you, Brother Eddie. The program starts at 330 Holgate Street, Church of Christ, 2600 Holgate Street in Seattle, just about a block and a half, two blocks north of the uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Civil Rights Memorial Park. Uh, the uh, Keynote speaker, of course, is Reverend Dr. Carrie Anderson, and I'm telling you, he's absolutely fantastic. We're giving out five awards, and the uh, recipients of the awards are Linda Thomas Black with the United Negro College Fund, well-deserved. She's the one who's like tripled the membership and the number of kids who are getting to college. The beauty is we got to give them back to Seattle, but when they leave, a lot of them don't come back. But I think it's still, still great and well-deserved by her. Of course, Kevin Allen, and then the, uh, the fire chief. Chief, Chief uh, uh, um, Harold and she's there. Yeah, he's there at every event that we have. He's always been supportive. He, he's there for the communities. He's expanded the number of, uh, sorry about that, people of color who are who are in the fire department now. I know he has an effort to recruit folks. So if you're interested in becoming a fire person, he'd be a good person just to network with at the event uh, this Saturday, but uh, well well deserved by by him. And also, just for the people who don't know, Seattle numbers are below the national average as it relates to fire and everything else. Just sort of another suit to Scoggin. But his presenter is the first African-American hired as a, as a fire person in the state of Washington, right here in Seattle. And that's Chief uh, uh, Claude Harris. And anybody who knows Claude, he had to fight through the court, Washington State uh, Supreme Court, all the way to the US Supreme Court in order to keep his position and for them to endorse the Seattle Affirmative Action affirmative action policy. Uh, okay, and then after that, we have Mary Flowers. If anybody looks at the, at, you know, racism being a critical factor now in terms of, of pushing it and, and uh, counseling services through the through governmental entities, well, that that's Mary Flowers. She's the one who pushed it with the city. She's the one who got it incorporated. That's the required training now, cultural competency. Long overdue, and it should be within every program. She's been doing it for over 30 years. And she's, she's holding, and the beauty is, she's holding department directors accountable. Usually they think they're gonna, they're gonna do the whole thing. Mary has held them accountable. And then last but not least is my dear friend, Lao Kwa Sim, out of, April, you know, out of Tacoma. Yeah, you, Tacoma folks have been doing some great things. <laughs> out of Tacoma, Lao Kwa Sim, he worked for two different governors. He is the uh, co-chair of the uh, Black Collective. And he's also, I think he's the he's the chair of the uh, the what is it, the education roundtable, right? Black Education Strategy Roundtable. Yeah, but Law Kwasim, he's been around forever, and that's why we call him honorable. He's the honorable Law Kwasim, truly deserving 
uh, of all our praise. And what I love about, about Lyle, he's worked in all the government entities, but he will tell them in a heartbeat that you're wrong, that we need to have some uh, serious affirmative action policies. And he's been out there negotiating with you now, hasn't he? That's right. But you know what, Hayward, uh, we've been joined by Dr. Maxine Mims, the living legend. Dr. Maxine, are you on the line? Yes, I'm on the line. Hello. Oh, Good afternoon. Okay, you have, you have President April Sims, Reverend Dr. Kerry Anderson, and Hayward Evans on right now as well. So, yes, uh, hello. Hello. Uh, yeah, this this is she is she is a legend. So, uh, 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 Dr. Mims, could you please uh, just comment on uh, the person you'll be giving the award to, Sister Mary Flowers? Oh, wonderful! Ex ex oh, makes my heart feel so good. Oh, wonderful! I'm so it makes our heart feel good, uh, uh, Dr. Mims, that that you're going to be there to present the award, but then also all the great things that you have done for our community. That's why the award is named after you. You are Thank truly, you. truly so a much. living legend. You got an HBCU in Tacoma. <laughs> there you go. Right. Thank go you. Go right here, Doctor. Let's hear. Let's hear. Let's hear from you. you. Want to hear from me? Yeah, I want. Yeah, all, all those the things you've been involved in. Oh my gosh! It's, just a short list. I'll just be a short ninety-five list. next Saturday. And so I've lived several generations out here, and it just feel, feels very wonderful. I was talking to some young people the other day. They were asking me uh, how, you know, should they drop out of school? They were in the third grade. We talked on dropout strategy so that they can stay in. And I thought it was about the fourth or fifth generation that thought they would come and consult me on how to have some strategy to leave school. <laughs> So I'm on the third, you know, working with the third or fourth generation now, and it's just wonderful. I feel good. I've been very blessed with very good health. Well, well, that's good because you've done you've done quite a bit. And uh, when did uh, the Tacoma campus of Evergreen State College get established? Where is it located? So when did it get established? What year? 1972. Ooh. I started okay. it in my kitchen. You know, the college had been built. The first class came in in 67. When I started, uh, I was given a contract for faculty there. And uh, it was the newest school. And I it had bypassed all black and brown people. It passed to come and went to the bushes in Olympia. It was just terrible. But the model itself was a model that I knew black people uh, could be uh, given the standard image of geniuses, and that's what I did. So I started in my kitchen in '72. Well, I tell you what, that's great because it's really flourishing now, and uh, Dr. Yes. Marsha Taterunga is doing a real good yes. job up here. Yes, it's definitely, it's definitely relevant. It's definitely relevant. So that's the closest yes. thing we can get to HBCU on the West Coast is uh, <laughs> the Evergreen State College Tacoma campus. Right. Well, I was so honored the other night, Black History Month, I went to an evening, a gathering, and everybody in the room was Black. I just, you just don't know, that, that just felt good. Everybody, I mean, I just, Black people know they can own it now, and they own that campus, and they 
they know that building belongs to them and they can do Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever is needed in higher ed and what is needed in the community. We have a space and a place. That's very important. Now, we're going to take a break. I want everybody to hold on. we got to take a quick break so I can pay for this program and then with my sponsors. And uh, April, you going to hang on for a few more minutes? Yeah, I can hang out until about 2.45. Okay. And then Larry Gossett should be joining us soon. So, Eric, let's let me take this break and come back right after this. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. You found us. Maybe you've been guided to listen. Alternative Talk 1150. Eddie Ride back at Urban Forum Northwest with uh, President April Sims, Reverend Dr. Kerry Anderson, Hayward Evans, and Dr. Maxine Mims is on the line with us. So uh, I know that uh, President Sims has to leave shortly. I want to find out if there's any, any parting words you'd like to have. Well, I just want to thank you all for all you do in our community. I want to thank you for inviting me on the show. Big shout out to Dr. Mims for her leadership and all that she's done um, in the city of Tacoma, um, which is my community. Thank um, yes, thank you so much. I think the the one thing that I want to lift up, you know, you asked me at the start of the show a little bit about my family history um, and what I uh, what I often tell folks is that for me and my family and my community, the struggle for social justice and the struggle for economic justice have been inextricably linked, that one simply does not exist without the other. And that is absolutely the work of the labor movement. And so while we recognize that the labor movement has not always uh, shown up for community, um, particularly um, our history as it relates to um, you know, alienating members of the black and brown community, uh, we have a lot of work to do 
institutionally to right those wrongs. And that I feel like I have a, I have the privilege of leading out the Washington State Labor Council in this moment. And I'm looking forward to deepening our racial equity work and deepening the relationships that we have with community um, and being in community in a more relational way. So moving from a transactional relationship where we sometimes fund fund events to a really a transformative relationship where we can be in real community with each other to lift up the needs of our community. I do see the labor movement as a force for good um, and addressing both social and economic justice. So I just wanted to take a moment mm -hmm. to lift that up um, and thank you again for inviting me to be on the show. I'm really looking forward to Saturday's celebration. Okay, and this is a platform that you have. Anytime you want to get something out, let us know, and you definitely have uh, access. And if, I just say, if you can give a shout out to IBEW 46, International yes. Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, the Electrical Workers Minority Caucus, they have been great in terms Lift. of part. Oh, yeah. Yes. Electrical Workers Union. And let me tell you about Sean Bagsby, who's their uh, principal officer and their financial secretary. Sean Bagsby is a black man, um, and he is leading the largest indoor IBW local in the state, and also serves as a vice president of our on our board. And we're grateful for his leadership. Um, he shows out and shows up in real meaningful ways. So I'm always happy to give IBW Local 46 a shout out, and Sean Bagsby as their principal officer in particular. And to the Thank listeners, you much, if you President. see the lights in Martin Luther King Park, that's the electrical union. They're going to take on the park, and every year they're going to be doing the lights for us. So I totally, we totally embrace them. No, I love that wow. you said that. Thank you so much for that shout out for them. And uh, President April Sims, thank you very much for your time today. And we look forward to continuing our relationship. And we will see you Saturday. I will see you all Saturday. Uh, Pastor Anderson, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing you. And Dr. Mims, I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing you as well. Thank you for having yeah. me on. Thank you. Yeah. Take now, care. Do we have uh, Larry Gossett on yet? Or did he, did he have... Okay, he wasn't there. Okay, he's supposed to be. He, I think he's in the doctor's office anyway. So, uh, uh, um, but I'll go down the list one more time. We have uh, uh, Larry Gossett will be presenting. Actually, uh, hey, what Larry, uh, 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 Lyle Quasim is from Puyallup. <laughs> He's from Pierce County. But anyway, you know, folks live all over Pierce County, but he is definitely the leader uh, of the Tacoma Pierce County Black Elective. And think about yeah. that organization started over 50 years ago uh, with mm -hmm. uh, Tom Dixon, the late Harold Moss, and uh, others, and Miss, I can't remember the sister's name, but she was a force. Ella Silas. What was her name? Ella Crawford. Ella Crawford, oh, Ella Crawford and Dolores Silas. That's right. And you talk about somebody who took care of business. Uh, they really did a good job. Uh, Dr. Mims, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about uh, about the Tacoma, not only the Tacoma, uh, uh, the Evergreen State College Tacoma campus, but I just was still trying to figure out how were you able to convince the state to set that campus up? You have to, when you're doing something like this, you have to uh, know what's inside of the box to think outside of the box. I just had to disrupt anything that had been traditional. And because at that time, we were looking at a time that uh, our whole Pacific Northwest was uh, changing and it was nothing to do but take advantage of that opportunity to just, because I knew that black people were geniuses, our geniuses, 
and we needed to have a building, and we needed to have a recognition of that of those people. They would have been ignored too long in higher ed, and our people had stayed at the community college level too long. That was just getting their money and not promoting them. They were always in the 99 classes, and they stayed in the 99 classes for years, or the 100. And that's not true. You, our, our people, you re- recruit them, you allow them to be learners, show their brilliance, perform, and graduate them. And now we're in the we're in the, generationally we're just doing quite well. And what, what is the, went down with COVID, but yeah. we're building it back up now. And can you give uh, people an idea? Because I know a lot of the people that went through the Evergreen State College Tacoma campus and graduated. Is there any kind of, uh, do you guys have any numbers on the number of people that you graduated? 3,000. Ooh, that's really, that's significant. Yeah, that's very, that's very significant. Yes, it is. And it makes an impact in your state. I have so many people that graduated from the Tacoma campus who are legislators working in state government, run for political office, poetry, entrepreneurs, and that's just expected, and they know they can succeed. So now we have people acknowledging that they can succeed and are being creative in the succession, and they've decided, I'm just not going to be successful. I'm going to be great. So Tacoma sends out its students as great thinkers, they don't have to worry about success. They know when they walk in, they're going to be successful. Just enrolling is successful. But to be great and bring it back to the community. And we're so community-based. We, we are open to our students, open to the community. We're open to global thinkers. We open Saturday, Sunday, whenever the learner wants to participate. Oh, great. I was just saying, people of African uh, descent of of, uh, of the enslaved here in America, African Americans, if it wasn't for Maxine Mims, Dr. Mims, a lot of those folks, a lot of our people would not have had the opportunity. So again, I just want them to truly understand uh, what she did. And like you said, it's the uh, it's our personal, it's the Washington State Pacific Northwest HBC. Yeah. Thank you. Want- Thank you. And I want to ask. Uh, we're there now. We could build. We know we could build. We know we have builders to come to. So it belongs to us. We we paid our taxes. We should have a state place that belongs to us, and we and it belongs to us. And that's great. I want to ask uh, Pastor Kerry Anderson uh, in terms of uh, we 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 got the, the Civil Rights Act of '64, the Voting Rights Act of '65. As you know, they're they're under attack right now. And uh, for years, the clergy has been in the forefront, Dr. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King and other folks in the community have, have took the lead. Uh, now we have a lot of other folks who just, a lot of folks just got second generation, first generation Americans uh, seem to be thinking that uh, they can play both sides of the fence. We also have Kanye West and people like that. Uh, what do you think and what do you think the clergy's responsibility needs to be in the civil rights struggle? You know, that's an excellent question. One of the things that we should appreciate about the Black church tradition is that 
the black church never saw a separation between church and state. We saw that it's not enough just to preach Jesus while our people are starving, while they can't get jobs, while they're being discriminated against, while they can't go downtown and get a lunch at the lunch counter. And so we were able through Dr. King, the SCLC and other groups uh, to, to wed those things together and to see systemic change, for systemic change to happen, it happens not just in the pulpit and the pew, but it happens in the street. Let's be reminded, Martin Luther King was in Memphis uh, for the uh, sanitation workers, you know, to right. demand that they could be, I am a man, you know. And so this is uh, something that the Black church should always be aware of and not have uh, a shouting Sunday, but then a doubting Monday. And <laughs> what I mean by that is we are insulated in our churches on Sunday, but take no activation, no activism, no political struggle, no political information for our people on how to vote, on what the measures are that are affecting and impacting them on a regular day-to-day -day basis. And while people come and smile in their face and sticking them and stabbing them in the back, we are not taking that anymore. We're not going to be hoodwinked. We're not going to be uh, shamboozled anymore. We've got to do both. And that's what I love about the black, the real black church is a transformational church because it teaches not just Jesus, but it also teaches justice in all of its mm. forms. Very emphatic statement, sir. And I, I hope, really hope that that everybody, Larry, are you online? Yes, I am. Go right ahead, Larry Gossett. What did you want me to comment you upon? Gonna, you, you gonna be presenting an award to Lyle Quasim. Okay. Award aimed for you. Yeah, that's Saturday. And uh, I think Lyle is a very worthy recipient. I've been working with him since uh, 1968. He worked closely with the Seattle Black Student Union and Seattle Black Panther Party and setting up those organizations in T-Town. But he's most famous for being one of the leaders of setting up the longest-standing civil, black, and human rights organization ever in our country. And that is the uh, Black Leadership uh, Group in Tacoma that has been meeting every Saturday morning from 1968 uh, until February of 19, of 2023. That's a mass talking about issues impacting the community and how we might do the kinds of things that uh, Pastor Kerry uh, and Maxine Mims were talking about earlier, educating, making conscious, and mobilizing our people for democratic change that benefits Black and all other disadvantaged folks in this society. Yeah, that's Thank the Tacoma you. Pierce County Black Collective. They meet uh, yeah. uh, every Saturday morning at 8.30, right. right. New Year's or Christmas. They they meet every Saturday. I think uh, yeah, no they've been doing remotely yeah. since uh, COVID. There hasn't been any in-person meetings as of late. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Larry, well, we appreciate that. I know that you have your end an appointment, so we don't want to yeah, tie you I'm too long. My, I'm on my way to an appointment. Uh, okay. Thank you. And Maxine, we appreciate yeah. all the work that you've done in that oh, thank you. Thank very you. relevant college also in Tacoma. Every state Tacoma. All right. I'll see y'all. Bye-bye. Okay. See you and we'll see you Saturday. Okay. Thank, thank you very you. much.
Okay, we got to take one more break. I don't know how long you're on, uh, Pastor Kerry, but uh, we appreciate uh, uh, Dr. Anderson. We appreciate all your contributions. Look forward to hearing you on on uh, Saturday. So I don't know how much time you have. We're going to take a, a, another quick break. Uh, Dr. Mims, if you can hang on for a minute, we'd appreciate it. Oh, I will. I will. But okay. and to be sure I'm somebody calls me to let me know the time and place and everything. I'll, I'll give you everything, ma'am. You'll get it all. all right. And also uh, your all right. driver will have all the information. And all thanks right, for thank having you. me on. Okay, yeah. thank you. All right, now we're going to take a quick break and come right back. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Talk radio for the heart and soul. Alternative Talk 1150. All right, Eddie Wright, coming back from Boogie Wonderland on Urban Forum Northwest. I want to thank the Port of Seattle's uh, Diversity Contracting Office with me and Rice, Lawrence Coleman, and Josie Regan. I want to thank Sound Transit's Office of Civil Rights, Equity and Inclusion, with the Nikki Chai and the acting chief, Arlie Smith. And also want to thank the City of Seattle's Personal Construction Services Office. And we're back now uh, with uh, Dr. Maxine Mims and Hayward Evans. We've had uh, April Sims on who made history by being the first woman in African American to be the president of the Washington State Labor Council. Reverend Dr. Carrie Anderson, who's going to be the speaker on February 25th at 3.30 at Holgate Street Church of Christ. And uh, we have Hayward Evans on still, the co-chair, co-convener of uh, the Seattle King County Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, Commemoration Committee. And we've also heard from Larry Gossage, uh, who will be presenting the Lyle Qua Sim. So, uh, uh, Dr. Mims, I just wanted to find out if you had a, a couple of more comments that you'd like to make about uh, your long uh, and uh, really a glorified history uh, of getting things done. And people can drive by, I think it's on 6th Avenue on, in Tacoma. 
where uh, yeah, 1236 Avenue in Tacoma. Yeah, right, yeah. So it's and, the uh, only is 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 painted with Andinka symbols, so you can't miss it. Yeah. Well, uh, Dr. Marshall Tatarunga had us over there for an event. Uh, that was uh, right before the end of the year. Uh, yeah. She brought some people in, and we had, I think we did some education, also did a film as well. So, uh, right. uh, so, so I want to have Hayward go down the program one more time. And, uh, you know, we sent uh, quite, you know, we have to pay for this event. We sent out uh, uh, requests for sponsors of some folks. And some people just read, so, sent an email back saying, well, I can't make it, but uh, your sponsorship can still make it. So we want people <laughs> to understand that, too. If you can't be there, you can still help uh, promote, help support the event uh, by yeah. uh, making that contribution. So, Dr. Williams, I want to find out if there anything else you had on your mind, if you'd like to comment on. We certainly no, appreciate I'm you. Good. Thank you so up. much. I sure appreciate the invitation and the honor. I just feel very blessed by that. Thank you so much. And my best to you and your efforts over years and years and years. It's just internalized now in all of us. It's just wonderful that we've been blessed to participate in longevity and finally have seen the performance and, and some results from the work that has gone. We, we really know we have been paid for. We feel blessed. Yes, indeed. And uh, you certainly have put your mark on, 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 on uh, Pierce County and Tacoma. Uh, there's no you. question about that. And so I want to thank you very much. And like I said, I do have your driver's information. Uh, he'll All be right. getting that. Uh, that is uh, Ardell, right? Ardell Shaw, yes. Ardell Shaw. I got him right here. So I'll be in touch with him right after the program. So thank All you right. very much, uh, uh, Dr. Mims. We certainly appreciate it and look forward to seeing you All on right. On uh, on Saturday. Yeah. So I'll see you Saturday. Saturday. Are you through with me now? Uh, yes, ma'am. We certainly appreciate your time today. All right. Well, I thank you so much, and I'll see you Saturday. All, All right. right. Thank you, now. Bye bye. Okay. Uh, hey, what I also want to give a shout out to the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle, who's our fiscal agent. Uh, been working closely with them for for a few years, and uh, why don't you take a minute and go down the program, Hayward, from top to bottom. Uh, uh, I think we're going to have uh, the uh, uh, the chair of the Seattle King County Martin Luther King Organizing Coalition, Shadi Moore, will be uh, one of the uh, MCs. So why don't you go down the list with us one more time? Yeah, and starting with Shard, well, let's go before Shardé. We want to truly give a shout out and thank uh, Minister, uh, Senior Minister Jimmy Hurd from the church. He, Holgate Street Church has been absolutely fantastic to the membership and to him. Thank you, thank you, thank you. He's been there at the forefront. Of, of what we do. You know, I'm really proud, and if anybody who was listening earlier, you, you heard Reverend Dr. Terry Anderson. He's absolutely fantastic. He's gonna be the keynote speaker that day to speak to us about black history. And, and the topic is black uh, resistance. And, and because we have to resist what's going on in society, but the award winners, people that need to be acknowledged now, we have Linda Thomas Black with the United Negro College Fund. She's getting the Mona Bailey Education Advocacy Award. And truly, if you know, anybody knows Linda uh, Thompson Black and what she's done, so many kids she got in the college, it's not even fun, working with the United Negro College Fund. We have Kevin Allen with the uh, Coalition of Black Trade Unionists, Tyree Scott and Beverly Sims Labor Award. And people, I think they need to really know about Tyree Scott and Beverly Sims. They were a powerful 
group that really pushed affirmative action and the policies here in the state of Washington are on the Seattle area, the guy was where, where we are. We have Mary Flowers. Uh, I, I like to call her an equality activist. Equality for everybody. Because, but she pushes the agenda to make sure that people, uh, descendants of the African-American enslaved, are really getting pushed to the top of the totem pole as it relates to the, the whole system of, uh, of racial interaction and communication. But she's been doing this for over 30 years. And she's been truly instrumental in policies that most people don't know about, but are a uh, uh, are a beneficiary of a lot of her policies, especially here of color. And then last but not, uh, and then Lao Kwasim, uh, co co chair of the Black Collective and, and the chair of the Education Roundtable. This brother is probably one of the best people I've ever met in my life in the state of Washington. You talk about being there politically for us, but also having the, the, the juice and the wherewithal. Work for two different governors, what he's done. And last but not least is the, is the uh, fire chief of the city of Seattle, Harold Scoggins. And if you look at his numbers since he's come, the, the, uh, as it relates to national, national numbers, Seattle numbers are better. We look at all the bad stuff going on. But if you look at the fire department, he has some of the best numbers in the nation for a major city. And I'm just talking about numbers in terms of number of fire, people dying, things like that. They're sort of important to me and who I'd like to be entrusted as a fire chief. Now, in terms of Alao uh, Kwasim, he also was the state mental health director, the secretary of the Department of Social Health Services. Yes. He was the president of Bates Technical College. He was also uh, a deputy to uh, the Pierce County executive who was a Republican. So he is highly regarded, and he really takes care of business. Uh, as I mentioned before, uh, uh, during COVID, uh, folks went to uh, uh, virtual meetings as opposed to uh, in person. And I don't know when they'll be starting that again, but it was good to see everyone. And hopefully, because uh, uh, I, I know I was at Saturday morning, I was getting up at seven to make sure I was there at eight thirty or thereabouts. And it was good seeing those folks. You know, no, I want to give a shout out to one of the members of uh, uh, the Black Collective. Uh, Aaron Pointer had a story on him earlier this week, I think on uh, King 5, where in the minor leagues, he hit 402. And in uh, wow. wow. the story, and he also was, uh, was a brother of the Pointer sisters. And unfortunately, a couple of them have passed uh, in recent uh, times. But... Uh, he said, the manager said, you're hitting 400, 401 now. Why do you want to play? He said, because I, I like to play. And he went two for three and ended up hitting 402. And I don't think no one else in the majors or minors or anywhere else wow. has hit 400 playing any kind of organized ball at that level. So I just like to uh, give uh, Aaron, that's, that's, real, that's real black history. Real deserve. And because uh, uh, we did have a uh, black team in Seattle, I think it lasted about two weeks called the Steelheads but it didn't last very long. But I know in the 50s, there were uh, a lot of Blacks played uh, 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 baseball, but now uh, uh, basketball and football, I mean, even the brothers who can play baseball, uh, they don't want to go to Waterloo, Iowa and be on a farm team when they could be at, playing at the Madison Square Garden or either on the football field making a, a few million more than they'd be making as a minor league player. Uh, I say, but I also want to take this minute. Uh, my mother-in-law, Annabelle De Cure, Annabelle Gordon DeCure, uh, passed away uh, on February 13th. Uh, she was uh, 
105 years old. Uh, we had a uh, birthday party for her. Birthday was on, on Christmas Day. And uh, my daughter, Angela, did a lot of the arranging uh, for that party. But about 35 of her relatives got a chance to see her before her demise. And uh, as Mary Flowers would have it, uh, she was there when she passed away and alerted uh, the rest of the family. So once again, you know, we're blessed by uh, having an angel around like Mary Flowers, who is really worthy and has been working for so long and so hard, just totally dedicated to people in need in, in various instances. So uh, I think that we also got to mention that uh, entertainment will be provided by Josephine Howe, Chandler Williams, and Butch Harrison. So I uh, want to let you know that'll be happening. And uh, I guess, hey, when the next uh, day or two, we have to get together and see if we're going to get Jamil or somebody to make sure that we have a decent uh, meal for the reception. No, there's always a decent meal for the reception. You know, that's going to be great. But, you know, the beauty is what you just said. You got Mary Flowers. She's getting the Dr. Maxine Mims uh, Changemaker Award, which is fantastic. And then, and then when you were talking about La Croissant, who better? And he was on, your, on the show today. Larry Gossett, Servant of the People Award. Keep it local, keep it here. These are our stakeholders. Everybody nationally stands on the backs of people locally, and we stand on their backs. We're all in it together. No, that's that's the only way to approach it. So I uh, really did appreciate uh, the history lesson that uh, the first uh, African-American female president, uh, elected president of a, uh, a statewide uh Labor Council, AFL-CIO, April Sims, that's that's Black history within itself. So we really appreciate her and uh, appreciate Hayward Evans, all the work you're doing for this event. We appreciate that too. And so we will have something together. Don't nobody forget, it will be on uh, Saturday, this Saturday, February 25th at 3.30. So Hayward, thanks a lot. And I will talk to you after the program. I want to give these folks a shout out before I go. Thank and you. also, I want to also mention that a good friend of mine, Spencer Ruff, passed away, and uh, we spent a lot of time chatting forever. And uh, he will be funeralized on Friday, tomorrow at 12 noon at Bonnie Watson Funeral Home and Cemetery on International Boulevard. It'll be a great side service at 2 p.m., followed by a reception. He was a real good friend as well. So uh, I do want to thank the folks who support us. Uh, the City of Seattle's Purchase Construction Services Office, Sound Transit's uh, Office of Civil Rights, Diversity and Inclusion, uh, the Port of Seattle's uh, uh, Diversity Contracting Office with me and Rice, who also was a recipient of an award, as well as Port Commissioner uh, Toshiko Hasegawa. And I uh, want to thank Eric for coordinating everything. Thank you, Eric. And uh, we'll talk to everybody again next week. <laughs>